So on this episode of the future of eye care, I had the opportunity to sit down with Alberto Gonzalez, neuro-ophthalmologist and CEO of All Eyes. So welcome to the, the show, Alberto. Thank you very much, Bob. Hey, Thank so, you. you know, so for people who don't know you, uh, if you if you'd share a little bit about your background, where you grew up, where you went to medical school, and, and where you practice ophthalmology. Watch, that's a that that will be a story. Um, well, I grew up in Havana, uh, Cuba. I did my uh, medical school residency of family medicine and residency in ophthalmology in Cuba in the University of Havana. Then um, I did a fellowship in neuroophthalmology in the Institute of Neurology and Neurosurgery, also in Havana. Then I came to the US and uh, did a, fellow, a research fellowship with uh, Dr. Weinrib and uh, Hamilton Glaucoma Center. Um, amazing uh, experience, learned a lot. Then um, I had to go back to Cuba to, for you know, personal reasons and um, in 2010 decided to come back. And this time forever. So I've been since then, I've been working in the industry um, I find this feel very fascinating, you know, doing every day something new, uh, developing new product and helping people that way. It's, it's really kind of um, uh, very good for us. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, we, we spent some time together. We, we launched a company together about 10 years ago where, where, where you joined us, the medical director of, uh, of Diopsis back then. So it must have been a pretty big departure from, from how you were practicing medicine in Cuba to coming Ooh. and seeing how it was, how business was operated here in the U.S. And, and any pearls you want to kind of share with your experience from that? Sure. Um, it's a completely different system, right? Uh, of course, Cuba is socialist. Medicine is socialist. Uh, but, you know, it has its own peculiarity, some... Um, we lack, they lack a lot of, you know, of products, medicine, and uh, technical, I would say, um, component of the health system. And what they basically do, they fulfill all of that um, lack of technical uh, support with, with human support. So basically the, uh, the Cuban health system is, it's founder over the human uh, work rather than technical work. So they, uh, every year that's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of doctors being graduated. Um, and then of, unfortunately they use it for other purposes, but that's not the goal of this conversation. The, <laughs> the, the system here is of course completely different. Um, there's a lot of you know, technical advantages. We are the best country in the world. And uh, I've been lucky to uh, working with the best doctors in the eye care in this country. Um, I've been lucky to doing, you know, doing research with them and developing new product with you, Bob, and, um, and distributing all over the country and the world. Sure. So um, 
I was going to ask you what one of my favorite, just the last question on this topic, because I remember a story you told me and you hear doctors here uh, complain about, you know, the vision care reimbursements and the billing reimbursements. But one huh. of my favorite stories from you is when you used to share some of the forms of payment you used to get from some of your patients under that. Other <laughs> yeah, no. You might share in some, some of those forms of payments with people just so they can understand. Yeah, 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 but reimbursement is decreasing. I said, well, um, you, you know, if you have to get a car, get, you know, like a grass of gas, bring it to your office, and then fill it up with bananas, pigs, and chickens, and, and that's how you get paid. Then you can. Uh, then you're not going to complain too much about it. You know, so, the, so livestock and produce not necessarily the same type of reimbursement as we got here, right? <laughs> no, it's listen. It's a it's a tremendous story, Alberto. From where you came from, I I find it so inspiring, and, uh, and that's why I wanted to have you on the call because now, so now you've gone from medical director of one startup to. Um, you know, you're, you're the CEO of a, of a new, of a new company, a new startup, new technology. Would you mind sharing number one, what are you doing now? So everyone knows. And then I want to talk about, you know, how did you come up with the idea? So first of all, I have to say that I'm very grateful for all of this 10 years that I expand, uh, working with amazing people and I learned a lot, what should be done, what not should be done. And, um, and that helped me a lot to uh, gain in knowledge and networking enough, at least enough to start this new venture. Um, we looked around and when I sort of evaluated the current conditions, basically we have a huge demand of eye care but unfortunately we do not have a, I would say comprehensive or at least fully available eye care for everybody. So the way basically the government is solving this issue is, is because the highly educated uh, personnel is the graduation of these doctors are not increasing. But on the other hand, the demand is significantly increasing. So the way basically the government is solving this issue is uh, increasing the graduation of, uh, I would say, para, para, ancillary personnel, people, te technical personnel that can fill in the gap. That's number one. And second, the technology. And, and then we decided, okay, if, if we want to be part of the future and if we want to be part of the solution, then definitely we have to be on the technology side of it. The next step is, okay, now that we're going to be, we want to be part of the solution, the next step is how can we do it? How can we build something that can improve the accessibility, comfortability, and efficiency uh, delivery way to uh, provide eye care. And basically, we looked around, we started using first doing software um, applications. We soon find out that that would never be the standard of care. And then we understood that we needed to come up with a standardized method of evaluation of patients. And that's how we came up with virtual reality, which by the way, we were not the first to do this. Um, the first virtual reality 
for eye care was patented in late 80. Um, I think it was 88, 89. And unfortunately, at that point, those inventors, you know, there was no enough development of virtual reality uh, technology at that point. They were very advanced for their time. And uh, never, they never saw the light, you know, of the mar in the market. In this situation, 2019, 2020, the development of virtual reality, um, in general, let's call it mixed reality, it's growing exponentially and it, it's allowing us to use it as a standard hardware platform for the evaluation of this patient. And that's basically the story. That's great. So, so the name of the company, the name of the product that you're, you're delivering? We are, the name of the company is All Eyes. Uh, that's a fun story. We wanted to start with A-L-L Eyes in order to, you know, be able to, you know, take care of all the eyes in, in the entire world. But unfortunately, the domain was taken. So we, we said, how can we sound something similar? Said, so we changed the O by the A, and then we convert into O lines instead of, instead of all lines, right? Um, so a very simple story on that. Um, we developed our first model, what, which is called Visual with double L at the end. Again, all, the purpose is trying to bring eye care to everybody. And the Visual is basically a platform that it is divided in three main components, the cloud, the web app, and the headset. The cloud, everything happens, storage, analytics, all the algorithms runs on the, on the cloud. The web app is the tool that the doctor uses to prescribe the test, to evaluate the reports, printing, send it to EMR, et cetera. And the headset is the part that the patient interact with. And on that visual, we have two models. We have the visual S, which is the standard model for in-office use. And the goal with this model is to improve the efficiency of the doctor. Um, the platform includes several psychophysical tests like perimetry, different protocols of perimetry, uh, visual acuity, several pre, uh, protocols of visual acuity. And uh, we partner with uh, one of the color uh, diagnostic to come up with uh, very quickly with a solution for color testing. Uh, we have, it's amazing and endless, the capabilities of this platform. We, for you to have an idea, we plan to release about two modules every six months, approximately. If we keep this trend of release, we have a pipeline for six years and it will grow even more than that. So um, I don't think we'll ever stop <laughs> innovating and uh, developing new new products. That's great. So with the headset modality, you can you can add on a lot of a lot of modules without increasing the footprint. So there's definitely a benefit for these offices. We've seen limited space whenever we're launching new technology. Uh, in terms of uh, business model, I would imagine then there's there's probably a, you know a, an upfront purchase opportunity, but also probably 
a, a subscription model with all those increased modules. Uh, what, what type of business model do you have planned? The business is actually is a mixed model. Uh, we have a capital equipment, so the doctor acquires the, the device, uh, which, by the way, has a lot of incentive. Um, ADA, you know, tax credit, it has uh, other incentive that minimizes the burden, even that the price is very, very signif significantly low compared with the standard uh, perimetries and another platform. Not even taking into account that it's a, it's a multi-testing platform, so the value is relatively very low compared to that. Um, that, um, that is the, the main model, the, the capital equipment, but then we have a optional um, subscription model or what we call also membership that not only has a lot of advantages for keeping the good relationship and keeping the update updated the system, but also includes a protection plan that if there is a physical damage to the device, we can take care of it without needing any kind of uh, technical assistance. So we don't require, uh, the doctor doesn't need to wait for a technician to come in and fix the device. No, they, there's a problem, they connect to us either via text or phone call, and uh, we remotely access the the platform, we evaluate it. And if there is no solution remotely, we ship a new one overnight because the main value proposition of OLIS is efficiency. That's the main value proposition for us. That's great. Uh, so in terms of being a, a new CEO, then you, you've been at this over the past, I guess the past couple of years you were working on this, but you, you kind of went full-time into this this past year. Right, uh, 2020, I started full-time working for, um, for Allies. Um, it's been, I've been blessed with a team that works um, um, very united. Uh, it was very interesting because um, we always uh, were a virtual company. Um, we have, you know, our CTO is in Philadelphia. Uh, the CEO and COO are in New, in New Jersey, the, the vice president of sales in Florida. So we are a, a virtual uh, organization. When the COVID arrived and disrupted so many companies, it, it actually didn't change anything for us. That's great. We were ready for that. And I think that's one of the reasons we have been successful is because we were ready for or ready for, for these conditions that we're currently going through. And all those new measurements that Google's and, and Amazon are trying to implement to have workers, you know, working from home, we did that before then. <laughs> so great. we are, uh, uh, that helped a lot. So any, any challenges that you faced as a new CEO where, where in the past, you know, you, you didn't have to wear that hat, right? You were, as a medical director, you just, you just oh. got with the clinical, but being CEO is a whole different, whole different ball game. So, so what, what challenges have you experienced, lessons you've learned that, that you'd like to share with anyone, anyone starting their own business? So when I started looking in, when I, when this idea of being an entrepreneur uh, came into my head, I started looking into information, right? Um, and this is one of the beauty of this country. The information is on the palm of your hand. 
If you want to do something, you just have to click and you get tons of information, not only information, but actually people, very good people that are willing to help you, help you for nothing, just for the sake of being helpful to someone else, which by the way, is what we're trying to do also. Um, so I started looking for that. And, and one thing that I learned early on is that you must really like what you are about to do because 80% of the time it's fixing issues, it's fixing problems. And then you have 20% of the time with good news and enjoying the results of, of your work. But most of the time it's so what you said is true, it's very challenging, but if you love it like we do, um, I mean, I wake up every day and there is no difference between weekdays and, week and weekends. Um, uh, I'm blessed with, to have a beautiful family that support me and, uh, and that's also very important to be successful on your career. Sure, well, I know, you know, starting something new myself, uh, I, I think my, my, my wife and, and kid feel the same way that there's no difference between the weekdays and weekends when I'm like, I'm going to go outside and, and, and do work a little bit on, on the laptop. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that, but the family's doing well and, uh, your, your wife and you, you have a, you have a new, you have a new family member, I think since the last time I spoke to you, or I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I have, um, well, I have two boys. I have, I had a girl, um, in, uh, in Havana, while I was in Havana, she is a 23 year old, uh, my princess. But then, then I moved to uh, US and I had two boys. One is six, the other is four. Those are pirates. They're killing me, but I love them. <laughs> sure, I, I can definitely relate to that. So, you know, you I, also I, have gone through a lot of, you know, roads, eh? and you are now. Uh, in this new venture, director. So, congratulations on your you know new position. You you should be going also through a lot of changes in your life, right? Sure. Well, th this is one of them too. You talked about people sharing their information freely. You know, I've been following some people on marketing and um, in how to do you know paid social SEO optimization things like that for for driving inbound marketing traffic. And uh, you know, so I look forward to the possible collaboration between our two companies as well. Um, where we're, we're already integrating with your technology so we can deliver that. Something I wanted to ask you about was the home health monitoring too, that that's a whole other concept. That's a whole other portion of your business that, um, that doctors can take advantage of. There's some sort of, you mind sharing about, about that, about that opportunity for doctors? That's correct. That, that is the, the second model that we developed, which is the model H, uh, which connects to the, to the whole platform and you can add unlimited amount of, of visual H to the mothership, which is, you know, the visual S. Um, the home model is also not a new, uh, uh, you know, story. Actually, it goes far from uh, even prehistory, not prehistoric, but very, very early in the development of medicine medicine have gone through uh, different, different ways, right? The initial model actually was the home model. Then uh, the hospice or, or NASA commune or hospital, whatever you want to call it, came up and then it, it, it 
gaining popularity and then we started moving patients to institutions. And in the last, um, then we have of course the medicine experience base, right? Then we jump into um, evidence-based medicine. And now we are jumping into a mix of evidence and personalized medicine, which is something that we're very focused on. It's part of the home model that you are mentioning. The goal is to build a model that looked not as not that look at the individual not as part of a group of people but as an individual itself so how do you change how your vision change compared to yourself uh, when you are doing a comparison with a group of healthy which is the i would say the standard currently of uh, approaching a probabilistic model you basically are trying to fit you into uh, you know into a group of, of people um, and it's a good model but has a limitation uh, the limitation is that it is a probabilistic model it, it is basically trying to establish your your condition compared to what is expected based on a group of healthy individuals. But there's so much for ability, right? Human is so, uh, you know, diverse. And, and that's part of the, medicine is not an exception. So the personalization of the medicine is nothing but that, trying to diminish the influence of the interpersonal variability and with that increase the quality of care so the home model is basically um going back to your question after this so long preamble sorry about that <laughs> the the home model is basically a in our opinion is the only way that we can solve the current problems we have with the healthcare in USA. Um, if we bring, at least in the beginning, the diagnostic process into your home, we are going to be fixing, it's, it's a long list of problems that an in-office care produce. Just to start with a very, very uh, interesting number. Just the time, the productivity lost just by the concept of a patient driving to the office and waiting in the waiting room till the doctor can, you know, see them, it's calculating in 52 billions every year in the United States. It's amazing the amount of money that we're losing just by the concept of driving back and forth and being seated in that waiting room. So that's one problem that we're gonna solve, right? With the home model. The second problem is accessibility. We have patients, especially in rural areas where 
they have to drive sometimes hours to, to see their doctors. There is also the problem of the, of the white coat syndrome, right? When you go to an office and you start getting tests, you wanna win, right? We're human. We all women, we all human want to win, right? So we wanna be good. And that's what we try to do when we are tested, we're being tested. We're trying to see better. We're trying to do more than we can actually do. Or the other part is that we are so stressful that the quality of our responses are very, are, are low. So that's something we're gonna solve because now the patient can take the test at any time. It can take as, much, as long as they want because there's no limitation, right? And you are uh, way more comfortable and no stressed at all. So that's one of the good aspects also of the home care. And one very important, Bob, it's the amount of data that you can collect. We already know based on research performed that the greater the amount, like let's talk specific about visual field tests. The greater the amount of data you have, the, the greater the amount of tests that you can get in, in a given period of time, the earlier you can detect progression. And the only way we can do this actually different or better in terms of frequency is at home. That's it, period. Imagine now most of patients get one or two visual fields. I'm, I'm talking about glaucoma patient. I'm not talking not even about, you know, uh, a regular patient. One or twice um, a year. In fact, there are two codes that are the ones that are most underserved, underutilized in, in, in the U.S. healthcare. One is perimetry and the second one is gonioscopy. For some reason, the average visual field test that a doctor perform every year is 256 tests. That's very little. And, and, and not counting that most of those tests, the quality is, you know, very bad. So that's something that we can help solving with, uh, with the home model also. The many other advantages, but I, I think those are probably the most important. And I think right now, Bob, we have the ideal conditions to implement this program. First, we have the technology to do it. Second, we have the necessity and, this, and, and a community, doctors especially, sensitized, right, with that model. And third, very important, we have a reimbursement um, system to support the utilization of the home monitoring uh, of uh, physiologic parameters. All this, which at the end should be the goal, right? All these advantages that I mentioned to you end up in something. A much better quality of care, less disability, and lower cost for the system. 
So it's a win-win for everybody. And that's why we're very, very, very interested in pushing forward this program. Sure. So the, the convenience speed of access you talked about, I think the other condition with that COVID's brought in are our patients are comfortable doing these more, you know, remote testing and, and you know, they're used to even older patients are used to using, uh, you know, cell phones, the smartphones. So putting on a, a virtual headset for, for home monitoring of, uh, you know, various conditions, whether it's glaucoma and or other modalities in the future as, as you release more modules. Yeah, I think you're definitely on to uh, an aspect of the future of eye care for sure, which is it's why I wanted to have you on, on the show and talk about it. I guess kind of, you know, in synopsis, you've, um, you, you set it up in, in, the, in the beginning, you said it's all about efficiency with your company, it's kind of your core value. In terms of what's going on kind of else in the future, you're, you're connected to a lot of people in the, in the industry. And uh, I was just curious, you know, is there anything else you see on the horizon? You've posted a little bit about telehealth, which, you know, that's the sector I'm in. Uh, I, I've seen you post something on LinkedIn saying that you think that's it. And all eyes is tied into that as well with the, the visual all from all eyes and the whole monitoring is definitely a form of telehealth, remote technology. Just curious if there's anything else you see kind of on the horizon. Um, you know, and it could be anything within eye care. Have you seen or heard anything else kind of cool going on out there that you're, you're keeping your eyes on? Well, I think uh, in addition to the uh, telehealth increase in the increase in utilization of healthcare's um, the artificial intelligence, you know, uh, applications uh, that they're already there. It's not that we're not talking about the future. I mean, most of of the things that surround us are already driven by AI, your phone, your TV, you, our technology. So many, um, many aspects of, of our life are already social media, etc. Unfortunately, not for good, but they're AI driven. So, and, and AI is gonna keep getting more and more and more uh, inclined, which is something that not scary, but we should be very careful, right? How we implement all this um, system because it can, I, I'm not really worried about all this issue related to whether it's gonna be another industrial revolution. That's not gonna happen. We, we, I think we have gained in, in, in knowledge to learn. We just need a good leaders to bring us there. That's it. Sure. So, you know, Alberta, the re reason I had you on the show, I think you've definitely illustrated you're, you're, you're definitely one of the smartest doctors I've ever come across. Oh, and you know, We've worked many shows together where uh, you could take a, a doctor who came up with their hair on fire, upset about what we were doing or introducing to the market. And by the time they left, they were shaking your hand and thanking you because the other component of it is you're, you're definitely one of the, the nicest people uh, in, in eye care. So always a pleasure to catch up with you. I certainly appreciate you ha having you on the inaugural episode, the uh, first episode of the future of eye care. I think uh, what you're on is, is I think you're going to have a uh, huge success. I look forward to working with you and integrating with your technology as we deliver it to, to our customers as well. We already have a couple mutual customers that use our uh, teleoptometry service in office as well as as your your virtual uh, field testing and, and other modalities, so it's uh, it's ex it's a, ex an exciting time to 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 see what you're doing and uh, and to possibly be uh, working more with you in the future. Thank you very much, Bob. Thank, Thank you very much.
for your time and, and for let us, you know, have this little space on, on your program, which is awesome. Sure. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Alberto. Thank you. Thank you.